Welcome to R.R. Cooper's Kokamami Cavalcade of Cozy Tales. In this podcast, I take a writing prompt from somewhere, write a very short story, and then either me or a guest reads it for you. This is not meant to be a writing tutorial or even a how to write short stories class. At the end of each episode, I will actually tell you a little bit about the writing process and try to point out the worst faults as I see them, so that perhaps you at least learn what not to do. Today, we're exploring a new genre for the show, urban fantasy. A modern favourite, and I'm not gonna lie listeners, it's a favourite of mine as well. Somewhere in the deep recesses of my Kindle, there is a selection of very questionable books, and most of them are urban fantasy. On the less questionable side, there is of course the always entertaining Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. I know that certain people dislike the series, they say it's pulp at best. And it might as well be, but it is very, very entertaining pulp. Today's prompt comes from Reddit's r slash writing prompts and reads thus. Quote, You have been sick for a long time and your cat cuddles and purrs with you every night. Today, you wake up feeling better and surrounded by hundreds of purring and cuddling cats. Good morning, I asked some friends over to help you, explains your cat. End quote. Genève Quinn de Lafayette had always been a happy, stout, and healthy child. She grew up to become a rather healthy, although some would say not as happy, of an adult. This made her recent bout of illness all the more strange. I will be back in the office by Monday, I assure you, said Genève to the head of her lab, Dr. Bock, over the phone. It's fine, Dr. Quinn, answered Dr. Bock. Your work is important, but so are you. Come back when you feel better. Genève knew that she could access her work from her laptop and keep working. No need to tell Dr. Bock. Okay, doctor, I'll do that. Cheers, she said, trying rather hard to sound convincing. I'm sure you will, said Dr. Bock. Before I go, there is an RT update coming, so I've asked them to start with your machine here. He's good, thought Genève. That won't be a problem, I hope. Not at all, Dr. Bock. See you in a couple of days, then. See you then. Watch some movies, read some books, but rest, for my sake, if not yours. Okay, Doctor. I will. Genève exchanged some more pleasantries with the Doctor and then hung up. For the first time in her 36 years, she had caught a proper flu and it was playing havoc with her body. Over the past seven days, she had suffered from every single symptom that had terrified her from her mum's Dr. Pinbottom's Guide to Child and Adolescent Health. High fever, shivers, her teeth ached, her gums bled, her hands and feet felt like they were too big for their size, which made her clumsy. The clumsiness was the worst part. She had always been a rather agile person, not magnificent at any particular sport, but she could become quite competent in a very short time. The teams at her boarding school used to fight over who would get to keep her. The occasional hike and her weekly judo classes were more than enough to keep her healthy. Until now. A powerful skeleton-racking cough assaulted her, and possibly mugged her too. Bloody hell, she said out loud. That was a rough one. In the distance, a persistent meow sounded through the fog. 
her saviour had finally come. Her cat, Bustopher, came trotting into her bedroom. Bustopher, like his namesake from the musical, was a rather large cat. Unlike his namesake, however, this Bustopher was big rather than just fat. It was the kind of big that would make dogs reevaluate their life choices. Except chihuahuas, of course, but that is because the anger inside a chihuahua goes beyond any logic and makes them rather immune to fear. If you have ever wondered, chihuahuas don't quake with fear or cold, but rather with barely contained battle lust. Bustopher gracefully, or as gracefully as such a big cat could, jumped onto Genève's bed. He walked over to her head and rested his paw on her forehead with a look of deep concentration on his face. Bustopher had been checking on her every day, and whenever he tended to her, Genève could swear she felt quite better although recently it had become less effective. I could swear you're taking my temperature, said Genève, as she scratched Bustopher's favourite spot. Bustopher tried not to squirm from pleasure and remain as dignified as possible while performing this new daily ritual. Bustopher took his paw off of Genève's forehead and offered her a grin. At least to Genève it looked like a grin, but of course it was a smile from Bustopher's perspective. Unfortunately, cats are not capable of smiling. Grinning is as close as they get. After that, there is not as malicious grinning, followed, of course, by malicious grinning. Genève looked closely at Bustopher and could swear he looked relieved, which, once again, is ridiculous since cats are incapable of revealing their intentions cleanly. They fancy twists. Finally, Bustopher settled at the feet of Genève's bed. And although it was only 6.30pm, Genève felt exhausted. She tried to fight it by reading some more. When the book fell on her face twice in ten minutes, she finally gave up. Genève put on her favourite podcast, pulled the covers up to her nose, and finally squirmed until she felt comfortable enough to sleep. She hoped not to sleep until too late the next day. When Genève woke up, she threw her arm towards her night table. She fumbled around for her mobile until she finally felt the brushed metal on her fingertips. She picked up the phone and looked at the time. Fuck me, said Genève, quite loud and applying extra feeling to each. Ah, it was six, at night, of the next day. That is quite a mouth you've got on you, young lady, said a voice that Genève didn't recognize. Genève jumped from her bed and hit her head on the roof, the same roof which was about ten meters from the ground. A list of expletives that followed was long and in at least four languages. And Tabernac, Genève finally exclaimed. Are you okay, ma petite? said the same voice, sounding sincerely worried. Genève looked up and saw a massive man with a rather nice-looking wool suit sitting in a chair at the foot of her bed. Without taking any time to think, Genève went into attack mode. She jumped up from her bed onto the intruder. She scrambled all over him like a weasel until she managed to get behind him. Genève swung her arm to put the intruder in a chokehold when her arm was stopped by something. Genève manoeuvred herself to look over the massive man's shoulder. He smelled like peppermint oil, chamomile, and a hint of vanilla. But she had no time to wonder why this man smelled like a massage shop. 
she needed to put him down. Genev looked at what was blocking her arm from crushing the man's larynx. A finger. The man's finger was holding her full arm. The same arm that trashed Catholic girls in high school. The same arm that her sensei had called as terrifying as an actual bear trap. This pepperminty man had stopped it. Please, Genève, stop. I'm not here to harm you, the man said in a reconciliatory tone. Genève jumped off of the man's back and he turned around. Genève, the man said. Look at me. You must recognize me. Genève looked at the man. His salt and pepper beard, the kind green eyes, and his grin, which was not quite a smile. Bustopher? That's correct, Bustopher said with another cheeky grin. Although my actual name is Olivier. That is a really cute-sounding name, Genève thought. Then she passed out. When Genève woke up again, she was tucked into her bed and couldn't move. When she looked around, she noticed that cats pinned her down by sitting on top of the covers. At least 20 of them were doing this. A group of people were standing at the foot of her bed. Some young, some old, men, women, lean, fat, tall and short. Some attributes were shared, however. The black hair, a peculiar grin and the green eyes. Green eyes with flecks of silver. How can I see the flecks of silver in your eyes? She demanded, except that by this point she was rather upset, so it sounded a lot more mewling than she intended it to. Because your sight is quite good, ma petite, answered Olivier. What is happening? She asked, tears forming up in her eyes. Well, darling, said a voice coming from the door, it's actually more simple than you think. Her mother, wearing her usual doctor's coat, stood at the doorframe. Mum? whined Genève, losing what little composure she had left. Her mum sat down on her bed, the cats making way for her. She stroked Genève's forehead. Listen, pet, said her mother. This man... She pointed at Olivier. This man is Olivier de Lafayette, continued her mum. He's an old friend. How old? Before you were born. Mum, he has my last name. Hmm. Of course, I'm dumb. I have his. Right, mum? Yes, Flower? Care to explain? If you don't mind, interjected Olivier. That is not all, so we might as well get it all out of the way. Genève lost her composure a little bit, which, to be fair, in these set of circumstances, is understandable. Oh, that's not all? Fan-fucking-tastic! Tell me, fat magic cat man, what else is there? The abuse had left Genève's mouth before she could do anything about it. You're also half Mondago, like myself. A Mondago is a type of cat spirit. Actually, everyone in this room is also part of your family, including the ones that can't transform. 
Olivier answered in a calming, paced, and rational voice. He hoped this would lessen the impact of his words. It did not, and Genève passed out again. I'm going to be pretty honest. This is one that I would really want to extend into a larger work. There are a bunch of cliches in that uh, you're special because you're half-something kind of plot that I would really like to explore. There is also about twice more word count that I wrote related to world-building than there is actual word count in the story. For anyone familiar with writing, you know what I'm talking about. And for those who aren't, usually readers end up getting only a fraction of the ideas and plots and things we write. Writers tend to cut down quite a bit. Um, in any case, I ended up with a sizable amount of backstory and characters and plot lines, so I would not mind revisiting this in the future. Well, that's pretty much it for today. Please rate and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to bell as well because YouTube is a bit of an egg when it comes to telling you when new stuff comes out. The bell is a guarantee that you'll hear about it. Also, my debut novella, The Missing Wolf, A London Beast Story, is available to purchase on Kindle. You can find a link for it in the episode notes. And finally, I'll be keeping these videos free of external ads so you can listen without interruptions. If you want to support my work, feel free to donate to me on Coffee. You can find the link in the description. Believe me, even one dollar is way more than I would ever earn from you watching with arts. All that is left to say is that this was produced with love in the city of Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> <laughs>